yet. We're almost live. And we're almost live. And we are live. You're now live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I am your host, Jonathan Kogan. Almost got you there, huh? All right. This is a bombshell episode. Bombshell episode. Last episode was on the economic crisis. You want to go listen to that. Very informative, very good stuff. Things you should definitely share with your loved ones. This one is a bombshell. The facts are coming out and the monsters are being exposed. Dr. Peter McCullough, the most peer-reviewed published cardiologist and also epidemiologist in his field in the world. Very smart man. Very truthful, a real warrior on the battlefield for good. He recently, this weekend, has exposed, like we exposed before that, shockingly, that the pandemic seems to be a pandemic. And I'm serious. This is no joke. This is really no joke. This is bombshell. This is in the same category as bombshell Steve Kirsch dropping knowledge on Tucker Carlson tonight, telling the truth about the vaccines with a V. I think we could say that now. Vaccines. We get censored. So if you don't mind and you like this podcast and you like the truth, share it with someone who still needs to wake up, who's still asleep, which is a very small group of people now, which is beautiful. And I'm glad we've played a small part in waking the world up or share with someone who simply wants to know the truth and can handle information because again, and again, and again, I say it, I believe you can handle information. You can decipher truth from untruths or false falsities, something like that. My words isn't my thing, but I'm good at seeing and recognizing human behavior, understanding what really is true, who's being authentic, and who is being full of garbage, like Dr. Anthony Fauci, Rachel Rochelle Walensky, whatever, of the CDC, and all these other scumbags, like like on the episode, uh, the, the podcast we did a few ago about Biden's really hateful speech, which was really bad. The most divisive Adolf Hitler speech of all time. Again, replace MAGA Republicans with Jews, and you're living in the 1930s coming from a Jew. So he said, uh, the reason I brought that up was, uh, I totally forget why, but it'll come back to me. So before I start, this episode is sponsored by a petition that I have been asked. I've had whistleblowers reach out to me from the U S military, the army, the air force. And in the show notes, I have a link to a petition that is on change.org. And uh, you can either search this now or you can go in the show notes. It is a petition for a congressional investigation of illegal, illegal Department of Defense activity. There are 5,499 signers. I've signed myself. They need 7,500. It's by Joshua Hope or Hoppy, H-O-P-P-E. Please click the link in the description to go to change.org to sign the petition for a congressional investigation of illegal Department of Defense activity, which we have already exposed on this show, where they said that's, that, uh, that the vaccine was FDA approved and it was labeled community and it was exposed that it was not FDA approved. They've never created a vaccine that was FDA approved. And these were coming from France. 
So I'll read this one paragraph and then we'll get into the juicy juice. This petition to Congress is open for anyone, you, to sign whether you are military, DOD civilian, or a concerned citizen of the United States of America who believes in the rule of law and the statutory, I hope I said that right, protections provided by the Constitution, which so many of us have sworn to defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And you can read the petition to Congress. You can read the whistleblower report of illegal DOD activity. And also you can read the letter to Senator Ron Johnson, the only senator paying attention to the vaccine injured and illegal activities by our own government to kill us. Uh, the letter to the DOD, FDA, and CDC. Please, please go sign that and help these really courageous people who are in this fight telling the truth also with we, the people, like on this podcast, on the Jonathan Kogan Show. If you hadn't subscribed, boop, subscribe. Subscribe on, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Share it with one person because we do get censored. So please spread this organically because that's the only way we're going to grow. And it has done very, very well, but we need to get some more traction. So please subscribe. Please give it a five-star rating. Please share far and wide. Trust me, I hate asking for any of this, but I have to do it. I have to do it. It's just the way we have, it's the way we got to live until everybody gets the truth. Okay. And then I'll shut my mouth. Bomb shell. Dr. Peter McCullough, you probably already know him. He's a truth teller. He's in this fight. He's a soldier, not a real soldier, but a soldier in the truth fight. He's on the battlefield for you, myself, and everybody else. Just like we are on the Jonathan Kogan show from my mouth to your ears, the truth will get out. Tell a friend, tell a loved one. Let's get in to the bombshell news. All right. We're going to go through his segment and we are going to analyze it with some news commentary, a specific category of podcasts. They say we're in news commentary, whatever that means. This is groundbreaking. I'm not kidding. This was just this, by the way, I don't know when you're listening to this, but this is as of September 5th, 2022. So if you're way in the future, we were living through crazy times in the fourth turning. Just so you know, if you're listening to this in like 2045, you have no idea what we went through from 2019 to probably like 2026. Just letting you know. Okay. But through the Jonathan Kogan show and other great outlets, we got through it because the peasants always win. We always beat the elites. I mean, we're here. There's more of us than ever. We're more free than ever for the time being. We always win. And we will win again. We haven't won. We're losing right now, but we're going to win. The tides have turned. I'd say as of August 10th, I felt that in the air. So let me get into the first segment, the five COVID truths from Dr. Peter McCullough. I probably shouldn't have said that word because now we're definitely going to get censored. So please share this with one person. I would It would mean the world to me. Um, I'm just trying to get the truth to the people. All right, take a listen to Dr. Peter McCullough with his brand new findings that may show, that likely show, this is not a pandemic. It is a plandemic. Now, I have to caution you, okay? The, a lot of this news is very sad and, and specifically with the vaccinated and whatnot, but you need to hear the truth and I know you can handle it. All right, take it away, Peter. One of the podcasters went over in one of my standard lectures called The Five COVID Truths and lined up the most recent CDC guidance to this, which was astonishing. Uh, basically, the five COVID truths is that, uh, you, you know, fundamentally with respect to testing and nasal carriage of the virus, there is no difference between a fully vaccinated 
and an unvaccinated individual. They're indistinguishable from one another. They carry the virus uh, at the same viral loads. They're equally as contagious. They get the uh, infection with kind of an equal proclivity. Uh, and, and so we have a situation now where there is absolutely no scientific support for any form of mandate on someone taking a vaccine or a booster. I, I see these headlines out of the British Medical Journal and others that are just shocking now where headlines like nine out of 10 people that die with COVID are double or triple vaxxed. And, and, and we see, as you mentioned, the CDC head saying, oh, sorry, we got it wrong. Or uh, we see uh, Burke saying, oh, we knew it wasn't gonna work. And, and then we see all these other statements. It looks like they're trying to get ahead of more data they know is coming out. Absolutely, there's no doubt about it. Uh, two papers in 2021, one by lead author Wheatley, uh, had in the title immune imprinting. What this means is that the vaccines were given every six months, exposing the body to the same exact obsolete antigen, the Wuhan spike protein. This turned out to be an immunologic disaster. What happened was the body's immune system was trained in on a high exposure of this antigen in uh, critical organs and tissues, and it was misdirected. So when the infection actually happened, when the frail and vulnerable, there were higher rates of hospitalization and death in the fully vaccinated. Now in Ontario, uh, they have data, you know, nine out of 10 people uh, who are dying of COVID-19 are fully vaccinated. There were basically three false claims of the vaccine program. The first false claim was the vaccine stopped the infection. If you took the vaccine, you couldn't get it. That quickly eroded thousands of breakthrough cases reported through 2021. The CDC gave up on this in May of 2021, where they basically said, we're not gonna follow breakthroughs. There's too many of them. The second false claim was that the vaccines uh, uh, basically blocked transmission. And our Walensky had to come out in the summer of 2021 and say, listen, they don't stop transmission. People trans fully vaccinated, give it to one another. It was happening during weddings, cruise boats, naval ships. And then the last false claim was this, Alex. The false claim was, well, if you take the vaccine, there's a consolation prize and that you uh, will have a milder case or you won't be hospitalized or die. And, and there was even ridiculous memes on the internet. One of them was a guy who gets COVID and he dies. And he said, thank goodness I had a vaccine. It could have been better. <laughs> it could have been worse. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it could have been worse, right? So the idea is that the vaccines never reduced hospitalization and death. There never was a prospective randomized trial with hospitalization and death as a primary endpoint where that was reduced by the vaccines. Uh, the only two interventions that reduce hospitalization and death are having the illness beforehand, uh, natural immunity, and then early treatment. So there was a series of fraudulent studies that didn't account for natural immunity and early treatment, claiming that the va vaccinated had lower rates of hospitalization and death. I can tell you in my practice, if I have somebody who's fully vaccinated, they are the most fearful of COVID-19. They're the first ones to get early treatment, the first ones. And so without accounting for those variables, we had a whole series of fraudulent papers claiming that the fully vaccinated had lower rates of hospitalization and death. And then as you pointed out, the data poured in from Canada, the UK, Israel, Europe, South, uh, South Africa, and Australia, clearly showing when they account for who's been fully vaccinated, that indeed the fully vaccinated are doing far worse with COVID-19 than those who are unvaccinated. Wow. So you talk about, obviously, we'll talk about this later. They admit it's a PSYOP. I have them admitting it's a PSYOP, but what's this, what is it a PSYOP for? And how do you think Pfizer and Moderna 
and the system is going to extricate itself from this now that we see the reports that there's almost universal rejection now of the previous shots and now this new so-called booster they're rolling out with no human trials. How, how would you, in layman terms, when you're on Fox for, you know, three-minute hit, uh, how would you quantify this for people that aren't, uh, you know, a research, you know, doctor, a medical doctor like yourself, of, of really how big this is? Because we're sitting back with them admitting you're nine times or 90% of those dying or triple vaxxed or whatever all, all over the Western world. I mean, that is just sensational and horrifying. So, so, I mean, how would you describe this medical disaster? This is such a complex reality. It's mind boggling. You know, through August, the other bombshell was that uh, National Allergy Immunology Infectious Disease Branch Director, a division director, Anthony Fauci, who uh, ascended to much higher levels of power than his NIH position ever uh, granted him, uh, announced his retirement or he's stepping down. Alex, I looked at his um, I looked at his announcement on the NIH website. I was astonished to find in his uh, kind of self-congratulatory uh, departure notice, no mention of COVID-19. No mention of COVID-19. His signature program, there's no mention of I, my, I, I, I said this when I went on with Sebastian Gorka this week. Gorka nearly fell out of his chair. He goes, what? This guy, he, this was his Super Bowl of his career. There's no mention of it. And now we have uh, the COVID-19 uh, bivalent boosters coming in, uh, and these really deserve uh, explanation. This week, uh, the uh, US FDA, with no human data, relying only on the manufacturers giving animal data, or rod uh, um, uh, uh, rodent data, showing an antibody rise uh, in a, 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 a mouse model of antibodies against a common uh, segment of the BA4, BA5 spike protein, the FDA inexplicably approved this. Do you know the um, investigational new drug application for Pfizer was just filed on August 22nd? I mean, they had- So there's no review, they're just green lighting everything. Well, well this is unprecedented that uh, they had plenty of time to do large randomized trials. We've been in the midst of this BA4, BA5 secondary wave for months now. They had plenty of time to do randomized trials. They have tons of money. But they don't want the trials because they know the previous shots are killing people. Well, well, here, well here's the thing. The, the very first sets of trials now have been, been critically analyzed by Peter Doshi at the University of Maryland and Joseph Freeman down in Louisiana at LSU. And their conclusion in a peer-reviewed paper is even from the original trials, when we actually get all the safety data and the efficacy data, the vaccines did more harm than good in the original randomized trials. Then it plays out into the public space. We know under court order, Pfizer had to release its dossier. The judge, the lawyer for the FDA tried to block this to Americans for 55 years. What was in that dossier is that Pfizer knew about 1,223 deaths within 90 days of release of their vaccine. Wow. Unprecedented. This is prima facie evidence that the FDA is involved in a safety cover-up for Pfizer. Recently, the Moderna documents- And prima facie, for those that don't know, means on his face. That's on his face. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that, and and I'll never forget, and to the, not to this day, but a little while ago, I got so much crap for the episode on the Pfizer documents that we went through, and that was one of our strikes on YouTube 
but the Pfizer documents clearly showed in that first 90 days from December uh, to what was it to March or through February that there were 1,223 deaths. It was right there. And that there were 40,000 adverse events right on their papers. So you can go listen to that. I mean, this was many months ago. We did the Pfizer documents. You just had to read it. You don't need a medical degree. It says trials, total deaths, 1,223. It's just that people are getting to it now, which is so sad because it's too late for a lot of people. But, you know, let me let me let talk to Peter McCola finish off. When the FDA says we want to block this information, families were calling Pfizer saying my loved one just died with your vaccine. Pfizer was dutifully recording all these deaths. They had hired hundreds of employees to man the phones as these deaths poured in. It's astonishing that Pfizer didn't shut it down after a handful of deaths or at least 50 deaths. I've chaired days. I mean, they clearly knew. So, so let me just as a layperson, let me ask you this. Why have they know it's killing people and not working? Are they doubling down with this super booster? Is this all just a test to see what they can get away with? This is crazy. This is clearly a test to see what they can get away with. If the FDA is going to shield them from any public outrage, and it's interesting, Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, is going on the liberal media and you know advising Americans to take more of the conventional boosters and now the bivalent boosters. No one's ever asked him a question. You have 1,223 deaths within 90 days on your books. What are you doing about that? It should have been shut down. And then they try to suppress it, showing the premeditated nature of it. Well, it's, it's true. And I can tell you, their breakthrough uh, was the World Council for Health, which has put out a whole variety of cautionary warnings over the last two years. They came out on June 11th, Alex, and they said, after a pharmacovigilance report, they looked at VAERS. They looked at the yellow card system in the UK, the UDRA system in the EU, and the WHO Vigisafe. There's over 40,000 certified deaths that's happened within a few days of taking these shots. Millions of serious safety reports. World Council for Health says, pull them off the market. They're unsafe for human use. This is very important. This is a worldwide body. They represent 70 individual organizations wow. across the world. World Council so for Health. The prestigious respected group says, pull it. Pull it. And they put out a series of cautionary warnings saying, listen, if you can't get in safety together, get them off the market. Here's the important point, is that as Pfizer and Moderna and the other vaccine suppliers march this on, what's going to happen is going to be a giant finger pointing exercise in the end. Pfizer's going to say, listen, the FDA never told us to pull it. The FDA and the CDC are running the vaccine program. FDA and CDC are going to say, listen, it's Pfizer's product. They had the response. They set it up from the beginning where nobody can take the blame. Right. More evidence of premeditation. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the bivalent boosters now, this is very important. They uh, have fundamentally, the vaccine sponsors, the CDC and the FDA, are saying no more legacy boosters. So remember, Pfizer was 30 micrograms initially, second shot, 30 micrograms, and then every six months, 30 micrograms. There was no change. Moderna was 100 mics, 100 mics, 100 mics. Now of interest, the Pfizer booster is 30 micrograms. It's 15 of the original, which is obsolete, and then 15 micrograms of the BA4, BA5 new uh, genetic code. Moderna of interest, um, is the booster is not 100 micrograms like it used to be. It's a 50 microgram booster, 25 mics of original and 25 mics of Omicron. Here's my read on this is they are going to get less of the super toxic original Wuhan spike protein. 
with these boosters, less. So they're cutting the power. Okay, but in the BA4, BA5, we don't know anything about a human experience since the human studies weren't done, but I would infer as a doctor, it is gonna be a less toxic spike exposure since the sure. Omicron is a milder virus. So I think the boosters are gonna, in a sense, take an edge off some of the, the safety tension, but so much of the damage has already been done. Exactly, now they're putting out a weaker vaccine because I'm on a sinus like you, but what I'm saying, wasn't the Moderna three times stronger than the Pfizer? Yes. And, 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 and now we have Moderna suing Pfizer, saying basically it's a copy of their shot, just weaker. Now that's an interesting development. Moderna suing Pfizer. Recall that Stefan Bainzel, the billionaire CEO for Moderna, previously was the CEO for BioMU. And BioMU is the French conglomerate co um, company that Jacques Chirac negotiated with the Chinese to build the biosecurity annex in Wuhan, China. Stefan Bainzel orchestrated the construction of the biosecurity lab in Wuhan, China. And then in 2015, he changes from BioMU and joins a one-person company in Cambridge, Massachusetts, Moderna. Stefan Bainzel joins Moderna. You see long-term planning for this virus that just accidentally shows up. Well, you know, listen to this. So <laughs> Bainzel then joins Moderna he starts working with the U.S. National Institutes of Health on the Moderna patent for the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine. So within a few days of announcing it's an emergency under former President Trump, Moderna announces we have a vaccine. You don't come up with a vaccine in a few days. This vaccine was in the works for years. And in Peter Bregan's book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, it's a, it's a very, very important book. It has over 1,100 citations. In the back is a timeline, Alex, and the timeline has 36 pandemic planning preparedness events that Bregan uh, chronicles starting from 2012. 25 of these have written documents generated and six of them were filmed. So Bregan outlines the timeline in our book, COVID-19 and, the, and um, uh, uh, Courage to Face COVID-19 that I wrote with John League. We actually highlight these developments as well and put it in the context of a story. I recently went on with Steve Bannon on the war room and Bannon said, thank goodness that you guys wrote these books and have these citations in the timeline as evidence. And the reason why this is so important, Bannon is, is gonna predict that what looks like a US government operation, Alex, they're gonna basically wipe the electronics completely. They are gonna basically whitewash this. They are gonna rewrite history that the only way we're gonna actually be able to record what happened is in these books because the electronics, Twitter, Facebook, all the electronic media. Oh, they're going back and scrubbing everything. It's gonna be scrubbed. So the books and the books and the independent media and the documentaries are gonna save us. Other Don't worry, there's absolutely nothing to see here. Do not ask questions. Do not think for yourself. Do not use the critical thinking skills that you were born with Listen to those in authority, be obedient, and shut your mouth. You see, this is why we ask questions on The Jonathan Kogan Show. This is why we remain curious. We, we default to not trusting authority, and that leads us to the truth much faster. Because we ask questions, and when we get questions, when we get answers that usually deflect or deter or whataboutisms, we become skeptical, Okay. These are the books that we consume on the Jonathan Kogut show. 
We don't go to ReutersFactCheck.com, sponsored by Bill Gates and Pfizer, and think that that's the truth. But there are people in this world that believe that. If you know someone that believes that, share the Jonathan Kogan show with them. Okay, back to it. Otherwise, we're not going to have a historical record. And, and, and what you're saying is, is, I think, the most important part of this interview, which all of it's bombshell, all of it's admitted. You're totally vindicated. We're vindicated. And it's not about tooting our horn, but it's about we were faithful. We were right. We stuck our necks out. We were correct. We need to speak to that so people understand the good guys are being censored. We're still being attacked. He's being sued. I'm being sued, which is fine because we're, we're, you know, we're in the arena here. But, but, but let's speak to the vindication, how big this is. And then if you, I know you've got a lot of points about the virus and what's coming next. And mm-hmm. I want you to be able to lead this doctor. You're doing a great job. But then you mentioned to me, hey, this is a PSYOP. Now we know the group suppressing you is connected to the Pentagon and the FBI and others. And I'm like, well, yeah, here's, here's the Canadian news. You know, here's, here's the BBC admitting that the military, not our average military, but people running it, are involved in PSYOPs and, and quote, brainwashing and mind control is the London Telegraph headline. I want to get guys we can to create fear and cause the lockdowns and terrorize people into the mass psychosis formation or mass formation to go along with this, because that's what this is. And they're, they're obviously preparing something new. So we've got to get ahead of this. Just, just as governor DeSantis said last week on Fox, he said, we got to break this things back. We've got to have a reckoning. We've got to expose people who did this or they're going to do it again. So it's so good to see that the Santas really gets it. I wish Trump would go all the way as well. There it is. Use of fear to control behavior in COVID crisis with totalitarian admit scientists. They used military grade psyops run by the British Ministry of Defense to terrorize Britons and others in the UK into submission. Same headlines out of the US, same headlines uh, out of uh, Canada. So when we say this is a psyop, they admit it is. It's true. All right. This is the most important part of the interview. Pay close attention. And, and my co-author, John Leake, a true crime author, uh, also believes it's a psyop. And, you know, you had Matthias Desmond on the show uh, yesterday. Psychology of Totalitarianism. Yeah, Psychology of Totalitarianism. I've read the book cover to cover. Uh, he's a brilliant. Oh, wait. Did we do an entire episode on that book? Oh, my God, we did, didn't we? Hmm, so odd. Just want to plug that in there if you want to go listen to it. It's an incredible book. It's a must-read for pretty much everyone about how this all unfolded, the psychology of totalitarianism. Uh, a psychologist, this is his line of work. This type of group think fell into these mass religious suicides, Nazi Germany, uh, you know, how Nazism spread across uh, I mean, this Japan, is a cult. Africa. Yes, it's a way of thinking. Peter Bregan, who you've had on the show, he's a psychiatrist. And I want him back on, by the way, he's amazing. So, so the, the, the positioning of both of these great minds is that Matthias Desmond has taken the part of this, how does this organically happen? How does this happen uh, on the human mind? And what Bregan outlines and what John Leake in my book outlines is this is intentional. So it's intentional use of psychological operations to create this psychophenomenon that's actually happened in people's minds that Desmond has pointed out. Let me show you on my screen how the science relates here uh, uh, there are papers. Now, this is in the peer-reviewed literature, 2015. First author is Vineet Manicheri. Senior author is Ralph Barrick. I'm going to have them highlighted here. You can see here American names. And there's one Chinese name in this whole uh, list of authors. And uh, it is um, uh, Dr. Um, 
uh, in the next paper, I'll show it to you, Dr. Shengling Lee. But it's, so, so as much as we hate the chai comms, this, when, this, they, when they say this is an American-made virus. But look at, the, here, here are the universe, here's University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. There's an institute in, in Switzerland and Harvard. The title of the paper, SARS-like Wuhan Institute of Virology 1, Poised for Human Emergence, published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. And this the, was a controversy in 2015. It's not like this is some secret. This is not a secret. And in the paper, it says right here, in the significance, together, the study indicates an ongoing threat poised by the Wuhan Institute of Virology 1 related viruses and the need for continued study and surveillance. So they're saying the viruses we've made at this lab endanger the world in a high-level paper. Yes, and a I mean, high-level wow. in 2015. <laughs> In 20, you know, we don't we don't need to depose people in front of um, uh, the Senate. You just read the papers. This one in Nature and Medicine. Well, that's why it's so crazy when Fauci says, "I don't even know what the end function is." I mean, right. And these this work is funded by the National Institutes of Health. It indicates that the National Institutes of Health has approved this. Again, Vineet Manicherry is working for Ralph Barrick. Ralph Barrick at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Yeah, yeah, I interrupted you. So start over. This is the. I think this is so huge. This is the smoking gun. Exactly. And these papers have been out here since 2015 in the best journal. Start over from the beginning. Go back to two minutes ago. It was interrupted. Just The University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and Ralph Barrick is the senior author. His first paper on coronaviruses was in 1997. This is his life work. He's been the quietest person in the last two years. His uh, a co-author, co Vineet Minichari, in two papers leads the team. The team is University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, uh, Harvard, an institute in Switzerland, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and Zhengling Li Shi is the bat lady. Okay. Notice that these are all American authors, one or two Chinese authors. This is an American project. They need the Chinese lab to do it because they have the technology and they have the bats. But this is done here. Look at the title of the paper. A SARS-like cluster of circulating bat coronaviruses shows potential for human emergence. What did they do in these papers? They actually made a humanized respiratory epithelium in a rodent, and they kept tweaking the spike protein in order to get it to invade a human respiratory uh, epithelium. Don't worry. Your government loves you. This is important. We thought that that big country who hates us is the is the one that started this but it actually seems like this is an attack from within it's from our own government meaning the united states of america it was just done elsewhere due to trying to cover it up listen to listen to this further but that's what it it appears to actually be an attack from our own government so we might have been wrong thinking that we were attacked from that big country out east this is crazy this is crazy they're weaponizing. It was weapon. Now, at the same time, they're working on an answer. They were working on a killed vaccine, and they were working on monoclonal antibodies. So they can be the savior. Well, it, well listen, it's <laughs> – well, Alex, we have uh, biological operations. Don't worry. If you didn't read the Bible, the, the savior of the world goes by the name of Pfizer, and his nephew, Moderna, comes back from the ashes and saves everybody. You know, it's amazing. There's this cure all of a sudden, but don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. Oh, wait, if you do ask questions, we realize we've been working on it for seven years. It's through the NIH, it's BARDA is the unit. And through the military, it's DARPA. They work on a threat and they work on an answer. We've had a smallpox monkeypox program. 
this after SARS, there's obviously was a SARS program. There's been an anthrax program. That's the thing. Gates can't shut his mouth. A year before he starts ordering the monkeypox vaccine, he says it's coming, and then right on time it rolls out. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's true. Now look at in this abstract, look at one of the conclusions. Um, both monoclonal antibody and vaccine approaches fail to neutralize and protect from infection of the coronaviruses using the novel spike protein. So they had already juiced a spike protein that they knew a vaccine, at least a killed vaccine, wasn't going to cover. That ultimately became the Sinopharm coronavac vaccine. And at least the first version of monoclonal antibodies didn't take it. It's right here in the abstract in Nature Medicine in 2015. I can tell you this is prima facie evidence that it's a U.S. government academic program that's gone bad. And boy, have Americans, you know, 10 million Americans were hospitalized with this. A million people have lost their lives in our country from a U.S. operation. I mean, the question becomes, now we know what's going on. The whole world is awake. And the question becomes, was it by accident or was it on purpose? That is really the ultimate question we're at now, right? I, I lost friends and I almost killed some of my family. I'm pissed. I mean, we are literally victims of a bioweapon attack. And, you know, there are now three papers, one by... Farkas and colleagues published in Military Medicine and two by Yen that have concluded it's a bioweapon. This isn't this isn't a controversy. This is concluded in the academic. And again, we're not like weapon. liberals that want to be professional victims, but I lost friends. My family almost died. This stuff scared me. I barely stopped my wife from going to the hospital because she couldn't breathe. And they put on her ventilator and, and we took the steroids and she got out of it and the ivermectin. We've been attacked, folks. We need to take it personal and bring these people to justice or they're going to do it again. But we, everyone in the world, is, is particularly the West, is a victim of a, I believe, premeditated release of a bioweapon attack and then phase two of the poison shot to erase our immune system. And I think we should all literally start a whole organization of victims of, the, of, the, uh, of, of this bioattack because this is a big deal. Well, let's get into phase two. Remember, there's been two waves of injury. First was SARS-CoV-1, largely the wild-type alpha and delta outbreaks. The Omicron outbreak was a very, very low hospitalization and death rates. In fact, Omicron, which one can get, uh, is uh, indistinguishable from the common cold. Uh, but people did lose their lives with these first uh, multiple outbreaks. Now the vaccine program has been cooking along. And, uh, and I can tell you that the vaccine itself has created a wave of uh, a, a, a destruction in our country. Uh, injuries, disabilities, and deaths. One of the breakthrough observations has come by Sasha Ladipova. Show my screen. And in this um, uh, report from TrialSite News, which is a valid, late-breaking science uh, website, actually supported by Pharma and a lot of other sponsors, the title of the paper is Hot Lots of COVID-19 Vaccines, Evidence of Different Formulations. And these are statistical analyses of Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and uh, also compared against the flu. Interestingly, uh, Alex, when there is a complication from a flu shot, it's randomly distributed across all the manufacturing lots. But with the COVID-19 vaccines, the complications are restricted to certain lots, certain lots. Now, recently on Steve Kirsch's Substack, Steve has got the year. Shout out Steve Kirsch for sharing our podcast. Bombshell Steve. Thank you. If you're listening to this, thank you. If you came here from the Steve Kirsch Substack, thank you. If you have not been to Steve Kirsch's Substack, go there. stevekirsch.substack.com. European Medicine uh, Agency um, 
released from the vaccine manufacturers showing market degradation of messenger RNA in these products. So remember how they had to be super cooled and, and in the randomized trials they used single-use files? And then suddenly they didn't anymore. Right. So it wasn't super cooled anymore. They were using multi-use files. The leading thinking, believe it or not, is the majority of people who get the shots and are fine, they're actually getting degraded messenger RNA. They're actually not getting much of a genetic insult. So think, they would have been a lot worse if they hadn't. Right. So so the lots wow. that are causing damage in the latipovirus. You don't want a fresh shot. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Believe it or not, if you actually get the messenger RNA as designed and the spike protein production as designed, it can be, and in many cases, it's lethal. So it's actually sloppy manufacturing and product handling that's saving Americans. You know, a recent Zogby survey, Zogby is a, is a very good survey operation in the United States. Zogby surveyed a large number of Americans and asked them, what'd you do? Two thirds of people took the vaccines. Of interest, Alex, 85% say, I took the vaccine and I'm fine. Nothing happened. I took the vaccine, I'm fine. That's because they got a spoiled. Probably. 15% said, I've got a problem. I've got a new disease. I've got a new medical problem. I'm going to my doctor. And they fall into cardiovascular, neurological, hematological, immunological, and now, unfortunately, cancer. And that's the current state of affairs. 15% of Americans who have taken these products uh, now, I think, deeply regret it. So I highly, I keep saying previous podcasts, but I think it's important. There is a podcast I did a little while ago asking the question because everyone's wondering why businesses can't find people to work and nobody has a good answer. There's this phantom employer employing everybody, but that person doesn't exist. And if you've been to a restaurant recently or any store, you know, it's understaffed. So my question to you is, are the vaccine injuries, this 15%, and the vaccine deaths, which is a smaller percent, but still substantial. So 15%, at least from this survey, is this why we are missing people from the workforce? A lot of people like to say it's because trading NFTs, it's, you know, this, nobody wants to work, but people have to have money to eat. I really believe we should really dissect that question and look further to see if the vaccine injured is the reason why we're missing a large amount of people in the labor force. I really think that is the only valid answer that fits the question of why we are missing so many people from the labor force. And I think that needs to be explored. And I think that we're not knowing it because it's not being covered by the mainstream. It's being censored. And I think the number of, of the injured is much, much higher than we want to believe. And I think that we're missing these people from the labor force. So I'd love to know what you think about that in the comments. Well, Greg Reese did a great report six months ago that got millions of views and went viral, where he showed the VAERS reports and some other reports, and other, I think some of Kirsten's research and others, showing that it looked like red states and areas were having higher death rates. But now with this, it just looks like the blue states are so sloppy and so lazy and so bad about deploying things that they were giving people old, spoiled ones, but the more conservative states were actually better at deploying it. So that's probably why it's the more conservative areas being hit and, and having higher death rates. I mean, I, I, I mean, that's not scientific. I'm just trying to guess well, that could be why. Well, so that's in another uh, podcast that we did, which I think is another, and this is conspiratorial. This one, we don't have facts to prove it, but in Canada, I mean, this is, this part's true. The leading cause of death in Alberta, Canada is unknown causes. 
Watch out for the unknown cause virus. Don't ask question. It's unknown. Everyone's dying from the unknown. boo ah Yeah, some, okay. Alberta is very anti-Trudeau, doesn't vote for Trudeau, is pro-oil and gas, is like anti-everything Trudeau stands for, and they have the highest amount of people dying from unknown causes. So if this is a bioweapon, was it directed at places that the people in charge didn't want people to be alive in? I don't know. But if you haven't checked, you can go to howbadismybatch.com to see what your batch is and the deaths, the disabilities, and life-threatening illnesses. Um, and you'll see you know, the segmented population of each, each batch. So you could check yours out if you haven't checked it yet. If, if you looked at blue states that are potentially more heavily vaccinated, then there was actually probably a greater um, free-for-all, if you will, at CVS and Walgreens. They left the vials out, multiple people coming yeah. in. So as soon as you leave a vial out and it starts to get warmer, there's multiple needle pokes through the diaphragm of the vial. Then there's introduction of oxygen, oxidative stress, whatever you. And if you go to states where it's, there's infrequent vaccination, in theory, you probably didn't take it out of the fridge that much and you know maybe used it once and got a good shot. So because I don't know because the numbers are there. Why were red areas higher death rates from the shot. And I, I, I could never figure it out, but it just sounds like there's just the left is just so incompetent, so sloppy. It's almost like a gift to themselves because even though they're a higher vaccination rate, well, the numbers have changed, but I, but I mean, it, it, it's crazy. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But the point is it's not randomly distributed. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson, myself, Robert. Well, yeah, why, why are certain lots in certain places? That was something the, that the statisticians thought was weird. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. Be investigated. But it should be investigated. Ron Johnson, who is a U.S. Senator from Wisconsin, has a manufacturing background at our um, uh, at our crony capitalism meeting at Hillsdale, the unit in Washington. I was there, Robert Malone, Pierre Corey. Johnson said, I am a manufacturing guy. When you have a large number of complications in a restricted number of manufacturing lots, you've got a bona fide safety problem. It's not randomly distributed. This is another piece of evidence that, in fact, is causative. Because if this was randomly associated with people's backgrounds- well, Explain it in layman's terms. So, this is premeditated. Well, it, it, meaning that people have said, no matter how many complications exist, it's not due to the vaccines. Well, I, I, you know, I can tell you it's not due to their background conditions because it wouldn't be restricted to specific lots. Anytime uh, you have a recall on a car, for instance, it's always down to certain VIN numbers of a car because it's related to how they put it together. The complications of the vaccine are related to something inherent with the vaccine. Probably in this case, uh, good manufacturing and handling gives a more deadly vaccine. Well, let me ask you this. This is just a you know, random question there. Why would the CDC in October 2000 put out that famous report of what they predict would be adverse reactions, and it was the exact thing that happened? And it was exactly what Dr. Edon and others were predicting would happen. So if you've got all these top scientists predicting and on one side saying don't do it, and then the government's putting out a report predicting what would happen, what, what, A, that shows they knew something, but B, why would they then admit it? It shows that there is fragmentation of thought. You know, the CDC is a multi. So what he's referring to is, and I have it on the screen, which is FDA safety surveillance of COVID-19 vaccines draft, underlined, working list of possible adverse event outcomes and then subject to change. And it's got Guillain-Barre syndrome, acute dysmended anephalomitis, transverse myelitis, uh, obviously myocarditis, pericarditis, 
anaphylaxis, stroke, convulsions, it's deaths, pregnancy and birth outcomes, other acute, there's literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's 20 on this vaccine enhanced disease, tons. These all happened. That's what he's talking about. The CDC put this list out. There's over 20 adverse events and they're all true relating to this vaccine. That's what he was talking about. Put out by the government, but don't worry. It's totally, it's 100% safe and effective, which we know is a relative to percentage, not an absolute percentage. A billion dollars. So some people care in her warning and other people don't care. Exactly. No. Exactly. And we, and you know that because there's been a lot of people have walked out of the CDC. A lot of people- You've had to get rid of a bunch of boards. You know, and, yeah. And Dr. Gruber, who headed up the FDA vaccine regulatory group, she walked out the day there was the false announcement that the vaccines were fully FDA approved. She knew they weren't. And she walked out. Bring up my screen. This is the most recent uh, Redbox report from VAERS. So anybody goes to openvaersdata.com, make sure you toggle over at the top and toggle over to US so you don't see. The VAERS also, by the way, gets cases in from Japan and Germany. So you just want to be in US. I put a flag on the top where now the CDC is now verifying 14,129 Americans have died after the vaccines. 86% of the time, this is reported by a doctor, a nurse, a paramedic, a coroner who thinks the vaccine caused the death. Okay, otherwise we wouldn't report it. It's obviously a higher number. So, uh, and then look at the, this is the frequency. The vast majority of deaths occur on day one, day two, or day three, Alex. It's a very, very quick death. Look at these hundreds of thousands of hospitalizations, 8,744 cases of myocarditis. Each one of these, the CDC director calls the cardiologist. I've been called by the CDC director and we go over the information to conclude that it's myocarditis. This is heart damage. It looks like it's irreversible, largely in young people. There are multiple published cases of fatal myocarditis and we see case after case of athletes dying on the field. A paper by uh, Flavio Catagiani from Brasilia, Brazil, by the way, who was just raided in his house of his scientific papers by some type of Brazilian government operative you can bring up Flavio Catagiani. This hit uh, on trial site news. There's a whole expose on this. Flavio Catagiani published a paper. He said, I figured this out. What happens is the spike protein gets into the heart. That's been shown by Bohmeyer and colleagues in uh, Germany. And then there starts to be inflammation and some scar formation. And there's the surge of adrenaline during the course of exercise that triggers the sudden cardiac death that's happening. And now we call it sudden adult death syndrome when this happens to people outside of the uh, athletic arena. And it's person after person after person. Alex, let me tell you about this. Sudden adult death syndrome, uh, syndrome uh, the uh, vaccine proponents are saying, well, it's just death with no cause. In the United States, death is always well known. It's 40% heart disease, 40, 40% known cancer, and 20% other causes. We don't have large fractions of unexplained deaths in the United States until now. And in some places, some regions of the United States, the leading cause of death is unknown. The only new factor introduced into America has been the vaccine. I mean, it's so obvious. I don't need to be a doctor or a scientist to know if I shoot somebody with a gun and they fall over and bleed to death, I don't need to be a... A, a pathologist or you know somebody to say or a coroner to say the gun killed him i know it did and we introduced this new thing and then we have more deaths once the vaccine comes out than we had during the so-called pandemic i mean and you have all the insurance company numbers coming out of just staggering. skyrocketing death I so, mean staggering well let's just take covid deaths 
Before the vaccines, there were 250,000 COVID deaths. Now, after the vaccines, there's 750,000. So far more people have died of COVID since we've actually had the vaccine program going. Now you look at overall mortality. Every single life insurance company is reporting record claims for life insurance. Who has life insurance, Alex? It's people who are young people who are employed because they get life insurance through their employer. And so there's now the spouses of employed people who are dying in record numbers. And I've even read that insurance companies may have to charge more for young people now suddenly because of this. So I want to do this in the 15 minutes we have left because I know you've got another interview coming up with uh, Eddie Bravo. You're going to shoot today. It's going to be next week on his show because I'm here asking a lot of questions and they're good questions, but I want to give you the floor to go through your slides for the next 10, 15 minutes and just cover all the different aspects of this. And when I come back at the end, you want to talk about this controversy with Dr. Desmond and, and, and another leading psychiatrist, psychologist, uh, with whether this is intentional or not. But but you've got the floor for 10 minutes without me interrupting to hit all the rest of your slides. Well, we're working through this uh, VARES report, which is very important. Again, this is what the CDC verifies. When I, As a doctor, when I make a VARES report, I enter the information. I go through screen after screen. I enter the patient's uh, name and phone number and email. I have to get their consent to do this. And when I make a VARES report, it's done under the threat of imprisonment or federal fine if I'm falsifying information. Everything entered into this report that you see on the red box screen here is serious. That's the point I wanna make, it's serious and the CDC vets this. This is legit. Now this is thought to be grossly underreported, grossly underreported because when someone dies or is hospitalized, unless somebody gets the vaccine card and really gets a healthcare provider to make the entries into VAERS and go through all this, it takes a lot of time, it doesn't get reported. So large numbers of deaths after vaccines, heart attacks, myocarditis, hospitalizations are thought to be not reported to VAERS. In prior studies from Harvard with other vaccines, the underreporting factor was roughly 100 to one, meaning it could be a hundred times worse than this. So what I'm telling you, is this could be 140,000 deaths, that would be tenfold underreported, or it could be 1.4 million deaths if it was hundredfold underreported. And the leading thought is it's somewhere between five and 20 times underreported on death. The majority of the, the deaths are probably related to cardiovascular disease, not only myocarditis, but also triggering heart attacks because we know of the massive inflammation that occurs in the body with the spike protein, it can trigger a heart attack and trigger a, a stroke. Nick Pantazatos, who's in the news today from Colombia, because he's pushing Colombia very hard to drop all their vaccine mandates, using US census data and uh, vaccine administration data through December of 2021. So this is now nine months old, but through December of 2021 estimates it could have been as high as 187,000 Americans have died directly after taking one of these COVID-19 vaccines. It, the deaths occur very quickly after receiving the vaccine. I was traveling across Florida with Dr. Ryan Cole, and uh, we uh, at, you know, retired. We stopped and get a cup of coffee. Uh, some ladies met us. They wanted to take pictures. And one of them said, Dr. McCullough, I have to tell you my story. Uh, about a year ago, I took my father out of uh, assisted living to get a vaccine. She took her father out of assisted living to, to a vaccine center to get a vaccine. She said, 
My father died in the passenger seat next to me, driving on the way back to assisted living. That's how these deaths occur on day zero. Look at the skyrocketing on day zero and day one. That's how these deaths occur. They're relatively sudden. We know that the spike protein is produced and in the bloodstream within an hour, and it's highly toxic. And those who probably have far too much spike protein generated, the human body can't uh, tolerate it. Uh, some other data that I want to review just very quickly uh, with the team that's, uh, that's very important, and I've already mentioned it. This paper uh, came from Germany, and this is direct biopsy information in patients who had received um, the uh, vaccines. This is Comirnaty or the Pfizer vaccine. And the title of the paper is Intramyocardial Inflammation After COVID-19 Vaccination, an Endomyocardial Biopsy Proven Case Series. And this is one of the first papers that directly finds the Wuhan spike protein in the heart muscle. So they figured out a way to stain for this. And the spike protein, which I've been saying now for uh, well over a year, the spike protein gets into tissues, it gets into the brain, it gets into the adrenal glands and vital organs. We inferred this because the lipid nanoparticles travel to those organs. Now Bowmeyer has nailed it down in this uh, paper published in the journal, the Intellectual, the International Journal of Molecular Sciences. One of the reasons why these papers are not hitting New England Journal of Medicine, Lancet, or uh, the British Medical Journal is because of the tremendous editorial bias of not allowing anything that looks like the vaccines are harmful. So they end up going to uh, MDPI or lower level uh, journals, but this is uh, very important. Uh, I do want to make the case that um, this paper from uh, Jenna Schauer, who's done multiple papers on myocarditis, has hit uh, in the Journal of Pediatrics. And she's showing now, this is a 16-year-old, uh, she's showing significant late gadolinium enhancement, meaning active inflammation and scar formation in the heart of this 16-year-old boy four months later. And the size of the damage uh, was originally 26% of the left ventricle. It's reduced to 19.84. And you can see the arrows point to this really large white segment of the heart muscle shown in short axis like a circle. I can tell you as a cardiologist, a threshold of concern for sudden death for which we put in ICDs is 15% late gadolinium enhancement. 15% is when they put in something to prevent sudden adult death syndrome. This was successfully, I'm quoting, lowered to 19%. Well, 15 compared to 19, 19 is still a lot higher. This is dangerous and sad. Not sad like Sendal Death Syndrome, although that does make sense as well. I meant sad like tear, because it is. This is sad because people were tricked with mass, for mass formation. And so we need to get the truth out there. So let's keep going. But again, I've been asked by a lot of people who listen to the podcast, how do I, I, I have a problem with the vaccine? How do I tell a loved one who doesn't believe me? Share this podcast with them. Share this episode with them. Let them listen to it with an open heart and an open mind and see if they can believe you now. That's been so I think this is very concerning that, and, and we're putting together the pieces here, that the vaccines are causing significant heart inflammation. And it's the heart inflammation that is the substrate for sudden death of all these deaths that we're seeing in young people. The two ways that someone could die after taking a vaccine that would be sudden, precipitous, and wouldn't be anticipated would be myocarditis and sudden death or a blood clot. 
that is venous thromboembolism, a blood clot that shoots to the lungs and basically the heart and lungs can't pump blood through and someone dies. The blood clots and the large ones, some of them are detected because of leg swelling and we can start blood thinners and save the patient from dying of a pulmonary embolism. Sometimes patients present and we give them blood thinners. And, we and don't forget, after this vaccine was rolled out, Big Pharma came out with a breakthrough blood thinner for children. They somehow had the solution again. These are bad people. The pharmaceutical industrial complex with Bill Gates, CDC, NIH are trying to hurt us. It's plain and simple. I think it's pretty obvious now. Dr. Peter McCall is exposing it. Unbelievable. This is unbelievable. We can save them. These myocarditis deaths, though, many of them happen when the person is not around loved ones. They're not in a, in a space where they would even be able to get CPR. And uh, in fact, they succumb uh, to what we believe is a vaccine-induced uh, 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 myocarditis death. That's the best explanation for these skyrocketing life insurance roles that we're seeing, claims for life insurance, as well as uh, one public figure after another going down. Uh, in the last week, one of the front office uh, former athletes for the Miami Dolphins, again, dies, no explanation, is happening now week after week after week. The vaccines, sadly, have failed at doing what they should do. And uh, Alex and I mentioned this inverse relationship between taking a vaccine and actually, uh, uh, you know, fundamentally uh, being protected against COVID-19. Here are the data. I want to make this very clear. This is from the Scottish uh, Weekly uh, Statistics. Uh, it's very clear. And this was, you know, this was back on January 12th of 2022. Look at this. The vast majority of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths are among the fully vaccinated. And they only had about 72% of the population vaccinated and far fewer among the unvaccinated. That was in January of 2022. It's never been a crisis of the unvaccinated, never. In any country that's fairly reporting the data, there are far more fully vaccinated individuals who end up getting COVID-19 or dying of COVID-19 than um, than uh, those who are unvaccinated. The unvaccinated, many of them have had natural immunity and they've survived. Many people uh, like myself, I'm not vaccinated. I'm fit and strong. I'm gonna have a much better survival trajectory than someone who's older and frail potentially take the vaccine. So some of this is confounding, but there's no signal that the vaccines reduce hospitalization and death. And Alex, we've covered the latest boosters. They were released before any human testing is complete. This is the first time in medical history that a product was developed and not tested in a single human being, and the government's going to roll this out and now say a needle in every arm. And, and Dr. McCullough, that brings me to what we first talked about before we started this interview today that you wanted to get to. It was actually in my stack. You said, I'd like to talk about uh, Professor Matthias Desmond and, and some of the controversies out there of is this mass formation on purpose is it a psyop or is it by accident well i can pull up the pentagon the british ministry of defense the the, the german the eu they all said we use psychological warfare to have the lockdown and to get folks to take these shots and we even had two years ago when they started the shots in the uk 
their own government advisory board come out and saying, let's yellow card this. It's not working. It's not good. Let's not give it to young people or old people. So we've got all of this and, and just the overwhelming evidence that it is premeditated. But let me ask this question first. I want to get into this with you. How has it gone for Big Pharma and their goal? Because I saw a meeting on C-SPAN 2018 that didn't get attention until the last few years. I didn't see it when it first came out, when it was live. And it was Fauci and a bunch of other government regulators together saying we need to blow up the old system. We need to get rid of five, 10-year approval. Maybe a virus, something like bird flu out of China will let us do it. They were up there really bragging. Then, then you see uh, Fauci right when Trump gets in 2017 uh, in the spring saying Trump will be challenged by a novel new pandemic. And, and, and so you look at this, I mean, for me, you'd have to be crazy to not say it's premeditated. You showed them preparing it at Chapel Hill. You showed them making it. You showed it all happening. There's no debate that it came out of a lab. The question is really, where did it get made in my view? So big picture, just in layman's terms, you know, talk to us like we're five years old because we understand, we grasp what you're saying, but just as a citizen, as a patriot, what what do you think they did this for? What is the goal and how is it going for this unprecedented medical tyranny rollout? You know, we should take public utterances seriously in our book, uh, Courage to Face COVID-19. John Leake goes uh, into this. When Bill Gates, who's part of the biopharmaceutical complex, there's no doubt Gates found- I should have added, that's what your book so, gets into is, is the yes, whole background. Yeah, so I mean, you know- the, the, Say the name of the book again, The Courage to Face courage COVID-19. To face COVID-19, preventing hospitalizations and deaths while battling the biopharmaceutical complex. People say, well, what's the biopharmaceutical complex? I said, well, let's go to the top. It's the World Economic Forum, the Gates Foundation, WHO, the Wellcome Trust, the uh, Rockefeller Foundation, Gavi, CEPI, Center for Epidemic Preparedness and Innovation, EcoHealth Alliance, which is the go-between between the NIH and the Wuhan lab, the Chinese Communist Party, the US CDC, NIH, and FDA. That's the complex. That's the complex. This is very important. Now, the suppliers are big pharma. Suppliers are they're supplying the products that the complex wants, but the complex is making the calls. And they have figured out, Alex, they figured out that through declared medical emergencies worldwide and then local with no accounting oversight, with no voting, with no reconciliation. Just the UN announces emergency and they're God. And, and they, well, listen, this is important. They drain treasuries worldwide dry. They drain treasuries dry. And have no government oversight. sign agreements giving them secret immunity. Exactly. And, and this is a new way to establish authority. So when Klaus Schwab, who's head of the World Economic Forum, when he publishes a book within three months of the crisis evolving, and the title of the book is COVID-19 and the Global Reset, he says in the book, it's called COVID-19 and the Great Reset, not the Global Reset. We will use this as an opportunity to reset a new world order. And there's your motive right there, a worldwide corporate technocracy over the UN, World Economic Forum given governmental power by the UN, bypassing our governments, directing big tech to censor. And that leads us now to the beginning of this controversy we're going to talk about. You are suing Twitter and you're now witnessing in live time what the FBI admitted to Mark Zuckerberg, what Mark Zuckerberg admitted a week and a half ago to Joe Rogan that became the top story in the country, thank God. People thought Joe softballed him, but he got Zuckerberg to admit the FBI came to us and said, this is fake. 
don't put out the Hunter Biden laptop, even though they knew it was real. So that shows not just big tech censoring, okay, private company. No, in coordination with the deep state, and now you and other top scientists, you're you're the most. I mean, I, I, you and Malone, nobody's in competition, but you guys are kind of the twin, you know, pole stars there. Uh, where 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 I mean, you you guys are at the tip of the spear, and they are actively attacking you institutionally, suing you, silencing you. I mean, that just adds to the fact that they didn't just block treatments and they didn't just block, uh, you know, all these other therapeutics. They didn't just block people trying to tell the truth back then who've been vindicated, but now they're actively trying to block you today. Oh, absolutely. And Twitter's got a lot of legal activity on their hands. America First Legal, Legal already has, through FOIA, they have the evidence that the CDC and multiple governmental agencies are meeting with Twitter and Facebook and other social media, and they are crafting the false agenda, the false narrative, and they're they're basically engineering a way to do this. Now, remember, this was an event 201. This has been depicted in Plandemic 1, Plandemic 2. To, lockstep. Lockstep to use social media, to use social media to create a false narrative and mislead the world through through social media. Now, a method of doing that is any dissenting voices that could give listeners an alternative point of view must be crushed and silenced. Now, that And that is why you need to share the Jonathan Cogan show. And you could listen to two podcasts ago about the pandemic. I go into great de detail about that. A lot of you listen to it, but if you haven't, go back and listen to it. Only a little bit left here, and then we're going to wrap this up. That would include a doctor like me who's trying to invent new treatments for COVID-19 and combinations of drug therapy, trying to fairly evaluate safety and efficacy to crush me and to crush people in my circles through uh, discontinuing our accounts, banning. You know, there can be millions of people on my Twitter feed every day, but they're constantly being unfollowed to try to keep- This is organized corporations and government, internationally and nationally and locally, trying to suppress whistleblowers, trying to suppress treatments, trying to suppress science. Well, listen to this. Uh, in my Twitter lawsuit, where Malone is also a, a plaintiff, Twitter has just responded. You can't believe what motion they filed. Twitter filed a motion. It's called a slap motion, a strategic lawsuit against public participation. Twitter is basically saying that they have the right to participate in this public health conversation and through manipulating our accounts that Twitter can actually make its points. This is astonishing. They're calling it free speech to censor you. And, and just, um, and, um, incredible. Well, they're saying that their right to actually articulate a message. They're saying censoring is their speech. Yes, I mean, this is, is, this is astonishing. This is 1984 and, and, on know, steroids. In California, Bill AB2098, Alex, just passed everything. It's up for Newsom to sign. That bill says it will be illegal for a doctor to engage in a conversation on COVID-19. Because In fact, when you, you tried to get here yesterday, but storms blocked your flight, you still came in. We appreciate you. That was one of the central things you sent me you wanted to cover. But let's hit that some, this bill in California. The bill in California, for the first time, says that there will be a central authority that will decide truth. Oh, in a sense, a ministry of truth, a ministry wow. of information. And any doctor who says something that is in, not in line with this message of information or truth, that doctor is subject to uh, license, losing their license, uh, fines, uh, you know, on and on and on. 
and it's just around COVID, but this is going to come down to basically work to completely muzzle doctors. Uh, if we are in California right now, under this new law, you and I couldn't have this interchange. We couldn't fairly review the data. Don't worry. Follow the science, meaning don't debate. We tell you what the science is, and then it's conclusive and done. No iteration, no questioning. The scientific method is the Biden method, is the government method. Science is Anthony Fauci. Don't you understand yet, you idiot? You haven't realized how dumb you were yet. This is crazy. Everyone's going to move from California. It's turning into the Soviet Russia. Gavin Newsom is in modern-day Stalin. I mean, this isn't stuff I say lightly, but this is what it is. You can't make this up. This is tyranny. Everybody move out of California. Get out. Save your life. So this, this is literally a ministry of truth that can punish doctors and others if they don't follow the orthodoxy and are heretics. That's right. And the doctors don't even know it. It's an inquisition. It's an inquisition. I, I just can't believe that in a liberal democracy in America that we would get, and of course, California is leading the way. But the good news is it's so funny that California is leading the way because people forget how the left historically was, what liberal historically meant. They are the ones that are for freedom of speech. They are the ones that are protect the little guy against the loud voice because they don't trust the government. That's how lost the left has, has, has been recently. California, this is the opposite of what would happen in California. A Letter to Liberals by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Go check it out. You've been vindicated. We wish we weren't vindicated. We wish we were wrong. But speak to that briefly because well, it's important. Let, let, let's mention vindication. This was fun. I think a lot of people saw Joe Rogan's podcast with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron, powerful. Aaron basically pointed out the degree of vaccine discrimination that he faced, which was extraordinary. His choice not to take a vaccine, you know, Aaron had a polyethylene glycol allergy. He disclosed this. You know, I showed you the VAERS report. There's 30. It's like, hey, I'm allergic to codeine. I can't take it. Uh, one of my children's allergic to penicillin. You tell somebody you're allergic, they go, sorry, you're going to take it. Well, you know, when Aaron, through his uh, intelligence and his perceptiveness, he saved his own life. There's been thousands of people who have died who have had these allergies. So Aaron's not going to take it. And then he gets into this vaccine discrimination. And the comment that comes around when, when he mentions that fundamentally Aaron Rodgers and Joe Rogan received the McCullough protocol. They received the sequence drugs. They got through COVID-19. Uh, Aaron's actually mentioned it on his podcast by name. So Aaron said, you know, Joe, you got in trouble a few months ago by bringing on some controversial doctors. And then Rogan smiled. He goes, they're not too controversial now. Meaning we've been- Total vindication. vindication. And one thing I, agree, I disagree with Joe on, and I love Joe, he's, he's he had a lot of courage. He's done great work he's helping us win this. He, you know, he's a star player here in the fight for truth. But he said, the best we can hope for is that they don't do this again. No. They don't do it again by bringing them to justice. So what should be done to Fauci and what should be done to all these people? I mean, I'm not a vindictive person, but these people are going to come back again. They need to be dealt with just like Governor DeSantis said. We got to have a reckoning. <laughs> I mean, Well, midterm elections are going to be key. If Republicans come into power, uh, you know, I went on with Steve Bannon. Steve's the one who said it. He said, we need full and complete investigation. We probably need special committees. We need prosecutorial Power. There clearly have been crimes committed by government officials 
and they need to be brought to justice. Americans have lost their lives and been unnecessarily hospitalized. I think it's all going to come out and it's going to be the next few years are going to be tumultuous years. Well, that was my next question before we hit this final point. How do they extricate themselves? They, I mean, this obviously, it didn't go like they wanted. What, they thought they would just do this, we wouldn't notice, or they just erase our immune systems and have us permanent customers for mRNA gene therapy? Or You know, it's, it's, it really can't be explained. What, what were they thinking? And, and, it, and it's the, the positioning what's going on now is fascinating. You mentioned Deborah Burke. She came out, she goes, we knew these vaccines weren't going to work. We knew that. We know, we know now the majority of people sick with COVID have been fully vaccinated. What is she trying to do? Is she, is she trying to position herself to say, listen, you, you know, I, I, I'm not so culpable? Uh, what about- And they're all doing it. That, that former head of Planned Parenthood, that CNN reporter is like, I'm against this. It was all wrong. The lockdowns were wrong. They're, they're, all, they're all flipping. Right, yeah. So there's a CNN commentator who has just had these, the most harsh comments about people wearing masks and what have you. Now she comes out and says, oh, you know, my, my child was harmed by wearing a mask. So I think so many people are trying, they, they realize they are deeply on the wrong side of this, Alex, and they are trying to do anything they can to position. Exactly. They're followers. They went with the establishment. Now that it's not working, they're flipping. And I see that as the clearest sign we're winning. There's a lot of carnage, a lot of damage, but I, I, I mean, I, I think that the tide's turned or is yeah. it turning or. I agree. I, I think there's been big cracks in this wall of, of totalitarianism that is this type of thinking that has come over the United States that your guest yesterday, Matthias Desmond laid out so clearly, as people come out of what's called the formation, they start to get some reckoning in what's going on and they realize, oh my Lord, I am, they realize that they themselves have tremendous culpability. You're gonna to start to see the positioning. I think it's gonna go actually through, not only government officials, it's gonna go through media, through academia, through the corporate uh, big tech world. I agree, and, and it's not just this mass formation that was obviously programmed and prepared and the Pentagon admits it, that's not debatable, but all these other lies, once somebody gets they were lied to big time, generally, if they finally get out of it, either they do Stockholm Syndrome and get deep into it and just are, are you know, in a Jim Jones cult or a Hitler cult and do whatever they're told, or they finally, once you snap out of it, then you see all the rest of it, I, I, I think they jump the shark here. I think they do, but you know, the thing I'm fascinated with is the lack of outrage when a loved one dies with the vaccine. You know, there still is a lack of family outrage. People are in this mass formation. Many are concerned that, that there's other motivating factors where they don't come out and express their outrage. Here in Texas, we, ha we have Ernesto Ramirez. Uh, he, he super he, healthy, amazing son, yeah. dead four days after the shot. Yeah, and, and you know, the father, he's a single father. He's a truck driver. He's doing the best he can. He's not sure about the vaccines. He takes it himself, the father, to make sure it's safe. And he says, well, it did nothing happen to me. His son takes it and his- Dies I, playing basketball again, that thing exactly. we were exercising. He dies, he dies like a few days afterwards. I reviewed the autopsy report, Alex. I'm telling you, he died of myocarditis. And of interest, he, Mr. Ramirez will tell you the story. He was approached and there was an attempt to be bought off oh, yeah. for his silence. So maybe this is going on. I don't want to speculate but it's the lack of outrage. Now, obviously this father's outraged. He's well, I mean, I, we have two people in this office. Let me say their names. One had a 30 something year old brother die in perfect health, exercise, everything, no heart problems. And another was a 51 year old stepmother. This, they had for 20 years stepmother. She was in good health, played tennis, everything. 
She took the second Moderna shot, took the first one four months ago, the next one a month later, kidney failure within one month, heart attack, stroke, and then was in therapy and died. And, and, they, and, and they're not even denying. They know. They just don't know. They're, it's like so embarrassing. Like, well, why didn't someone warn us? Well, you tried to warn them. They suppressed you. So now big tech and everybody that suppressed Dr. McCullough and everybody else, Dr. Malone, you've now signed on to this. Congratulations. I don't want to be some victor here, but we're vindicated. We went through hell to tell the truth. And now you people that bullied us and censored us, you know who you are. You're now part of mass murder. You're now a baby Hitler. How's it feel? You know, I can tell you there's a large fraction of Americans, just like with these vignettes, they know somebody who's either lost their life or been seriously injured or in fact disabled from the vaccines. And a recent survey from Michigan State, the first author is uh, Skidmore, I believe, shows I think it's 22% of America now in their circle, they see this happening. You know, we, we don't need to have this in the media. We don't need to have this in the press. They see it happening now. Uh, the rates of vaccination, I do want to share this with you, uh, where we are with the rates of vaccination. This is uh, astonishing. We have now uh, the lowest rates of vaccination we've ever had in our country. There is uh, no enthusiasm. Let, bring so up so that means theory. they've... It blew up in their face. This is the shots being, uh, this is brought right up until a few days ago. Look at this. Had that big push in 2020. Everyone was scared, safe and effective, safe and effective. Then we got through 2021, that secondary wave. Those are the mandates. People say, listen, I don't want to take these, but I got to take it for my job. Now look at this. You're down to, we're down to no interest in these. I predict since the companies have made these bivalent vaccines, the United States, by the way, has bought enough boosters for nearly the entire country. We have drained our treasury dry on these boosters. There's never been- And Trudeau's bought them out for five years. Yeah, in Australia for seven years. The, the, the point is, what are they going to do? They've bought all this product. It's going to be shipped to the pharmacies. Look at the data here. Nobody wants these. We are going to have the biggest tension of, are people going to be clobbered with mandates and pressure and coercion to take these untested products? Or is America going to have the wherewithal and the strength to say no more? Well, it's obvious. They've got new viruses cooked up. They're not going to stop. They already tried monkeypox. Sorry, I tried more fear. It's not working. In closing, because you, you've got to get on a plane soon, and Eddie Bravo's here to interview you for his show, and I really appreciate you flying into Austin for this. Eddie's got a huge show. He's going to do Joe Rogan right after this. You need to get back on Joe, obviously. My God, uh, so incredible. Total vindication. Now's the time. Hell, we ought to just throw you. You ought to just cancel your flight in the car with Eddie and just, <laughs> just show up over there at the Fight Companion. Uh, but, 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 I'm here. But, but seriously, let's finish up with the psychology of totalitarianism and Professor Desmond and you're uh, a fellow you co-authored a book who's another great psychologist, psychiatrist, and their debate. And I agree, Desmond isn't trying to say it's staged because he's just trying to get you aware of the mass psychosis, the mass formation. But obviously, we just show documents this is staged. Let, let's talk about this controversy. Right. It's not a controversy. I don't think there's disagreement. Well, they've made it a controversy. Yeah, and others have. Uh, Peter Bragan, in his timeline, in his book, COVID-19 and the Global Prayers, We Are the Prey, he lays it out, Alex. There's 1,100 references. This was planned. This is a psyop. You have all the, the, the supporting data on this. It's planned. And what Desmond is saying is that there is a real biological group psychology phenomenon that does happen. 
and they use the psyops and let let the biology, the psychobiology actually happen that Desmond says happened. So they're cohesive. Bregan and John Leake, my co-author, says it's planned. This was a, intentional. There's a biopharmaceutical complex. This has been operationalized and weaponized. And what Desmond is saying is it really does happen. People actually do go in it. Sure, he's showing the phenomenon, but then your book and the other books and the other psychiatrists, they show how it was premeditated. Exactly. What Desmond is saying, the very important thing that Desmond is saying is that it's real. People can get into this trance. They truly are in a trance. When you see people walking around with masks, you know, I just flew into the airport today. There may be a 5% of people wearing masks. They really are in this psychological trance. A mask is a very good proxy for who actually is in the mass formation. Wow, I'm just wondering. We're vindicated. We're not happy about it. We're super sad about it. I don't have a whole lot to say. I think the interview speaks for itself. Dr. Peter McCullough, thank you for your work. I'm sorry you guys had to hear this. It is not a pandemic, and it's definitely not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's a pandemic, and now it's a pandemic of the vaccinated. Please share this far and wide. Get the word out there. Let's beat censorship. Let's stick to free speech. Get people the truth. They deserve the truth. They could do whatever they want with the information, but the people deserve it. The Great Awakening Part 2 is happening right before our eyes. You are awake. You have the ability to wake up anybody you love, anybody you care about. Share them a link to this. Leave comments if you have any thoughts or opinions or questions. I'd love to hear from you. But please don't forget to sign the petition at change.org in the description and please share this far and wide. We will beat censorship. We are going to beat the pandemic and we are going to try Bill Gates and Fauci at what's it called? Hague, whatever it is for crimes against humanity. We're putting an end to this baby. Let the people rise. Thank you for listening to the Jonathan Kogut show. I love you. Have an amazing day. Please share with one person because this is going to be censored like crazy. Take care. See you tomorrow. Bye.